today on Grow in Grace. The Holy Spirit is teaching you right now because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. That's what we're doing. We're reading the Word of God. It has power. I don't have any. He has the power to raise you up and me up. Zion, now filled with hands and in this place God will dwell with man. Sit be healed and the crippled stand singing Son, selfless sacrifice for everyone. Faith, hope, love, and harmony. I said, let this world know me by your love. Walk down the bread aisle in your local supermarket, and you'll find all sorts of breads, from whole grain to white, French, sourdough, bagels, English muffins, and the list goes on and on, doesn't it? And while they may satisfy our physical hunger temporarily, there's only one bread that will satisfy our spiritual hunger eternally. Today on Grow in Grace, let's see together how Jesus satisfies our every spiritual need. Pastor Ed Ray has an eye on John chapter six. John chapter six, as we work our way through the last third of this a sermon from Jesus given in a synagogue in a church in Capernaum, Capernaum, the village of Nahum, on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. This is one long sermon, so I'm just going to read the first few lines from it. By the grace of God, we'll get through it. 635, and Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me will never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Let's stop there and pray. Lord, we thank you that you desire for us to be secure in our relationship with you and to understand who you are and what you've done for us. So come and teach us by your Holy Spirit. Do that, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're talking about eternal life, heaven, here in this sermon, literally a sermon that Jesus gave in a synagogue there at Capernaum. Now, because we're talking about heaven, I have to tell you a story I heard this week about heaven. Three women were driving in their car, friends, and they got in a terrible accident and they were all killed. And so, of course, they went to heaven and St. Peter was there at the gate. And he said, uh, welcome, all of you come in. Now, uh, we only have one rule here in heaven, don't step on the ducks. They went, what? The ducks, okay. So they went in and sure enough, there were ducks everywhere. And one of the ladies wasn't careful and she stepped on a duck and all of a sudden Peter comes up with the ugliest man she has ever seen chained and Peter chains the ugly guy to this woman that stepped on the duck for eternity she went oh no second and third woman watched it and went that's absolutely terrible be careful so they're careful but sure enough a couple days later second lady steps on a duck here comes Peter again with the ugliest guy she's ever seen, chains him to her and walks off. The third woman says, oh my goodness, I'm being careful. And so for six months, never got near a duck. She was able to pull it off. 
And then finally, Peter walks up with the most handsome guy she has ever seen. And Peter chains him to her. And she looks and she said, I wonder what I did. And the guy said, I don't know what you did, but I stepped on a duck. <laughs> We've all heard someone say the, the phrase, well, that's better than sliced bread. And we're looking at the section where Jesus identifies himself as being bread. Now, bread was always baked in loaves, as it is over much of the world today. It's still a staple, kind of the fundamental food in the Middle East and Africa, various places you travel. But it wasn't until 1909 in America that toast became popular because a guy by the name of Strzok actually developed the first toaster, and you had to do one side at a time. Didn't even have an off and on switch on, you had to unplug it when you wanted to turn the toast over without burning yourself. Didn't do very well, but a few years later, he came up with a double-sided one, a toaster, and toast became very, very popular, but not until a baking company named Taggart, T-A-G-G-A-R-T, in Indianapolis introduced a startling new kind of bread that was sliced. And it was such amazing bread, they called it Wonder Bread, as it still is called today. And all of a sudden, toasters, they sold 1.2 million toasters the next year, and thus the saying, you know, better than sliced bread. Well, that might be a weak illustration, but it's a picture of the statement that Jesus was making to a group of people that thought of bread as the staple, the main ingredient in their life food. And bread is very nutritious. Bread and water you can live on for months, and particularly if it's whole wheat bread or something like that. And it becomes the standard throughout the world. Bread is considered the dietary item that's essential. And whether or not you agree with that, it actually does have a lot of nutrients and a basic food item. Breaking bread together, we still say to mean food in general, but once more focusing on this concept of bread. Now, the day before this message that Jesus is delivering in Capernaum, he had done the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. If you were with us, we went through it. 5,000 men plus women and children, don't know the total number, but they, he finished teaching alongside the shore of the Sea of Galilee. It's a beautiful spot, Bethesda. And he, when he finished, everyone was hungry. It was getting late in the day, and he asked the disciples where they could get bread. And they said, well, you know, we can't afford it. There's not enough money to feed all these people, maybe 10 or 12,000 people. He says, well, what do we have? And Andrew said, well, there's this little kid. He's got two fish and five little small English muffins, small loaves. That's all we got. Jesus said, bring it to me. He blesses it and begins to tear it off. And every time he tore it off, I don't even know how to explain it besides when the bread was broken, more appeared. And it was a, one of the seven miracles of the Gospel of John to prove that Jesus is the Messiah, the creator, the king. He created something that wasn't there before. And it fits along with the changing water to wine. And right after that, he walked on the water. So this group of people had been fed. 
And in that day, the sign of a king was someone who supplied bread for the people. That's what was going on in Rome. In the major capital city of the Roman Empire, the Caesar was looked to supply a loaf of bread to every family every day and admittance to the circus, Circus Maximus, to the gladiator fights. So they had entertainment and they got food from the king. That's what these people in Israel are thinking about. Jesus should be the king so we can have free bread, the bread king. So this message is one that's trying to turn them back from the physical material world and get them to think in spiritual terms. It's difficult for them. It's difficult even for us today. In fact, if anything, we're more tied to material things, technology, than they were in that day. So he is not getting to them. And in fact, some of them get frustrated and will leave. Now, Jesus is the prime product. There are blessings that come with accepting him into your life. But those blessings, if you try and make them the reason you come to Jesus, you're missing it. He is the prime product. All those things are the byproduct. So this Bread of Life sermon is given in the city. So it was in a church service that Jesus gives a sermon that's kind of long. You think I go on and on. He went on for a long time here. So we need to get started so we don't get stuck. It breaks up into three parts. The bread of life number one, verse 35 through 47. Then the bread of life number two, 48 through 65. And then, Lord, to whom shall we go? Where else could we possibly go? Only you have the words of eternal life. So that's where we're going. It's a very fascinating area. It is the one, the first of seven things that Jesus says he is. I am here the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. Think spiritually, not physically, materially. He's discussing great spiritual truths here. When he says, I am the bread of life, you will not hunger again for things of this world that are passing. You won't thirst again. Thirst again for what? Drugs, alcohol, pornography, all the various temptations that draw us in and get us addicted when we're in this body. You take in Jesus and you won't thirst for those anymore. You're sitting here this morning addicted to heroin. Jesus will heal you. I personally know three people in this church that were heroin addicts for longer than 10 years that God has healed. They've been sober, all three of them, for longer than 10 years now. Never to go back. No matter what it is that you struggle with, Jesus has a way out for you. That's what he's saying. I am the bread. I'm the, the nourishment you really need. And you wouldn't hunger for these things any longer. You won't thirst for it, alcohol or whatever. The seven of them in the Gospel of John. This is the first one, the, the bread of life. Second one is in John 8, we'll see. I am the light. Then he said, I am the door in John 10. Then John 11, the good shepherd. The resurrection, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the true vine, he says in 15. 
Now, those statements don't impact us the way they did them because he's speaking and using the personal phrase, ego ami, I am, which is what was said to Moses at the burning bush. It's what God claimed to be. Jesus is claiming deity here, and they're shocked by that statement, I am the bread of life. I am God who will sustain you through anything for all eternity. That's where he's going with this. And they don't know quite what to do with it. Not physical life, eternal life, spiritual life. This body is deteriorating. Have you noticed? I don't mean mine, I mean yours. Oh no, pastor, just you. The rest of us, were fine. You're falling apart. You're half stainless steel now. Yeah, I know, I know. No, no, we're all deteriorating, but he gives us a new body. That's his promise. He talks about in just a couple of verses that he'll rise us up on the last day, that we will get a new body that will last forever. doesn't wear out. That's where this whole thing is going. He who believes in me, who trusts me to have died for your sins, for my sins. Thanks for listening to Grow in Grace. And don't leave us just yet. There's much more to come. Pastor Ed Ray is in John chapter 6. Verse 36. But I said to you that you have seen me and do not believe. You watched me do miracles. He said, you watched me feed 5,000 people. I walked on water. Goodness gracious. I took a man who was 38 years paralyzed by the, the pool of Bethesda. And I said, take up your bed and walk. And he did. And everybody watched him. There was this kid who was dying in Capernaum. And his dad came to Jesus and said, he's got a fever. He's an infant. My infant son is dying. Jesus said, go home. He's healed. 15 miles away. Healed instantly. The same place where he had done a wedding feast where he changed water into wine. What's going on here? God came to earth. I don't know how to say it any clearer than that. Jesus is God the Son who came and then proved it by doing miracles. And John said, I wrote this gospel with these seven miracles. Jesus did hundreds more, but these seven define who Jesus is. There was water and he turned it to wine without touching it. Wine has vintage. It has time. But it didn't take time. It took a second for him to turn it from an inorganic liquid to an organic one. We get caught up in the chemistry. But he's the god of physics. He's the god of chemistry. He's the god of biology. So, you haven't believed it yet, though. I fed these people. You didn't believe that I am God. All the Father gives me, verse 37, will come to me. The one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Are you secure in Jesus? God's desire is that you would spend eternity with him. That's why he came. See, I didn't come to condemn the world, but through me the world might have life. Grace of God. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. 2 Peter 3.9 As some would count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us. He puts up with a bunch from me let alone you guys. See, I know some of you. But the miracle I know about is me. Long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish. Any? 
God's desire is that every single person in every land who speaks any language, any color of skin, would spend eternity with him. That's what he desires. That they should come to repentance. Repentance? Yeah, God, I'm sorry. I'm trying to run my own life. It's not working out so good. I surrender. That's what he's waiting for. Then verse 41, the Jews. Now when it says Jews, it means the leaders of the Jewish faith. The rabbis complained about him because he said, I am the bread of heaven that came down from heaven. I am the bread of life that came down from heaven, which he was claiming to be God, to have pre-existed, always had been there. Our little brain can't even go there. Before creation, what? What was before creation, God? Before angels were created, before the stellar cosmos was created, before anything of earth, water, animals, etc., God was there. Jesus was there. I came down from heaven. He claims to be eternal. I have always lived, and I will always live. And they said, but is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? Simple answer to that is no. He is not the son of of Joseph. Now this is a stumbling block for a lot of people I know well. We have a professor that comes here from a local university. He's a biology professor, head of the department. And he writes, writes me every now and then. He's really upset for what I just said. He says, I can believe the whole Bible. It's got some wonderful thoughts. Be kind to people, merciful, forgiving. That's all good stuff. But you're talking about parthenogenesis, the biological term, for a baby without a male being involved with no sperm. That's impossible. And my argument is, well, sharks have babies without a male. Well, so do geckos and a whole bunch of other. No, 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 not humans. It's not possible. I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. Deal with it. That's what he claimed. And then he started doing these amazing miracles to prove it. Well, no, you're the son of Joseph. No, I'm not. I'm the son of God. It's a miracle. I've come down from heaven. 43, Jesus therefore answered and said to them, do not murmur among yourselves. Now he's trying to reach all of them. These are the, the word murmur sounds familiar to our ears if you've read Exodus because that's what the Jews were doing the whole time, 1,400 years before this event. They were murmuring all their way across the desert, complaining. And what was their biggest complaint? We don't have enough food. You have to give us some bread from heaven. That's why he locks onto this illustration. Think about that as we go through this. Verse 44. Goodness gracious, are we at 44 already? I don't think we got 39, did we, guys? Okay, this is the will of the Father. 44. Nah, back up to 39. Come on, you can do it, guys. It's technology. We're, we're bright here. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but I should raise him up at the last day. Last day? There is a day coming. Thessalonians, Paul's letter to the Thessalonians said, there will be a trumpet sound. And they're like lightning flashes from the east to the west. In the twinkling of an eye, 
your body will stand up. Anastasis is the Greek word. And everybody's going to go, goodness gracious, you never looked that good when you were alive. Because we get a new body. And then we will be with him. Our resurrection body will take us to heaven. We've been in heaven for a while. Unless this happens this afternoon, which would be a great time, Lord. But when we get to heaven, we'll see him. But then our resurrection body will come. The last day. That's what he's talking about. And this, will, this is the will of him, verse 40, who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believe, believes, trusts in, clings to, and relies on his death for me. He died in my place. I deserve death for all the sins of my life. But he took that on for me, but not just for me, for you. All your sins carried on the cross by him everlasting life. I will raise him up at the last day. It is written by the prophets, verse 45. This is a quote from Isaiah 54, verse 13. And they shall all be taught by God. That's what's going on right now. Now your attitude may stink right now. You may be here and your wife made you come. I'm sorry, but I've been there, done that. I understand. Because I sat there years ago and listened to somebody go on and on about Jesus. And I'm going, I don't believe a word of it. I'm a scientist. I'm smarter than that. <laughs> you dodo. But that's what I thought. So if you're here and you're struggling, the, the operative word for you and for me at that time was the word believe. Well, I have to understand before I can believe. Listen. I'm a scientist. I'm a working professional scientist, a biochemist, and I, I'm really brainy. No, you're an idiot. You don't believe in God. If you came here this morning to be insulted, this is the right place. <laughs> you see, we have to believe, and then we will understand. If you try and understand before you have the cart before the horse, it doesn't work out. But if you will say, God, I believe you died for me. Forgive my sins. Take my life. Boom. You'll start to understand. You are being taught by the Holy Spirit right now. Even if your attitude is one of critical. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit is teaching you right now. Because faith comes by hearing the word of God. That's what we're doing. We're reading the word of God. It has power. I don't have any. He has power to raise you up. And me up. You know, people today pursue all sorts of things that aren't satisfying. But we learn today on Grow in Grace, the one place we can find satisfaction is in Christ. He is the bread of life. We just heard a portion of Pastor Ed's study, the Gospel of John. And you can hear it again at thepackinghouse.org. You'll find all of our recently aired programs right there at thepackinghouse.org, as well as an archive of Pastor Ed's messages. We're also on YouTube, and that's a great way to live stream our services or watch recently delivered messages. Search for Packing House Christian Fellowship, and if you prefer to have a CD copy of today's message, just call toll-free 844-77-GRACE. Again, we're here to serve you at 844-77-GRACE. 
As we continue to get the word out on stations like this all across the nation, we're looking to our listeners for help. Even a small donation can have a large impact by God's grace. And whatever comes in goes straight to the ministry. When you support Grow in Grace with a gift of any amount today, be sure to request our featured resource. It's a book called Why Revival Tarries by Leonard Ravenhill. This is a no-compromise call to biblical revival and spiritual excellence that we all need to hear. You'll see the great disparity between today's church and the Church of Acts. Again, we're making it available for a gift of any amount. Just give us a call at 844-77-GRACE. That's 844-77-GRACE. Would you like to put a smile on our face? Just shoot us an email and let us know you're listening. It's so helpful to hear if a particular series is benefiting your walk with the Lord. It's encouraging, too. Our email address is packinghouseradio at aol.com. That's packinghouseradio at aol.com. We have another study to look forward to in the Gospel of John next time on Grow in Grace with Pastor Ed Ray. We'll see you then. This program is listener-supported and brought to you by the Packinghouse Christian Fellowship in Redlands, California. Zion, now filled with hands and in this place got to dwell with man. Sit be healed and the crippled stand singing hallelujah. My kingdom built with the blood of my son. Selfless sacrifice for everyone. Faith, hope, love and harmony. I said let this world know me.